Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Miles Olson podcast. The subject of today's episode is when self-help becomes self-loathing. And then when self-loathing becomes self-help again. Maybe. I'm not sure. We'll see where this ends. Um, But yeah, it's the beginning of a new year. This is early January as I record this. And so it felt like a very timely subject. The the subject of self-help being sometimes a breeding ground for our self-loathing. And this deep part of us that is perpetually rejecting who we are as we are in this moment, um, using self-help as, uh, as kind of a playground to thrive in and um, masquerading as its opposite because in many ways the desire to improve ourselves, to be kinder, to be healthier, to be of service or whatever it may be, Um, It's a really beautiful, innocent impulse on the surface, and yet it's not uncommon for it to have this other side, which is this real self-loathing that has just found a clever mechanism to work through. Yeah, today I just want to share my own experience, like kind of a broad about a decade experience of this. I have uh, maybe an unfair amount of experience in this specific area. And, uh, and just a couple reflections now that I'm somewhat on the other side of it. So the entry point to this story or this, uh, this talk that comes to my mind is an experience um, about a decade ago now, uh, and at the time, I was beginning to really dive deep into what would be about an eight-year period of extremely intense um, inner work and inner excavation, which eventually led me to pulling back from like everything in my life, family, friendships, work, career, relationships, for a period I basically starved myself of all of those things and went into this intense, focused period of inner work and excavation, um, it, which in some ways was rooted in a rejection of myself, but we'll get into that. The entry point that I, that I was getting to, um, it happened, like I said, about a decade ago. I was just getting onto this, uh, onto this path of inner work and personal development and I bumped into an ex-girlfriend and I asked her how she was she told me and then she asked me how I was and my response was something like oh man I've been looking at myself honestly and man I am fucked up I have been like I have got some insane issues that are going to take so long to work out, man. I'm just, I've got a lot of work to do on myself. Oh, man, I've got a lot of work. And, um, and I remember her response when I said this was basically, what are you talking about? None of what you're saying makes any sense. Um, 
and she very kindly basically told me that it, I sounded crazy. She wasn't being mean. If anything, she was being extremely compassionate and supportive, but was just telling me, like, I know you, Miles. Trust me, from the outside, like, looking at you from the outside, what you're saying right now does not make sense. You're feeling this self-loathing that does not seem to match up with who I know you to be. And I remember just rolling my eyes and thinking to myself, she doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, Because I, at this point, had kind of just accepted that I had these serious character flaws or character defects. And, oh, it was going to be a long road to fixing myself. Yeah, I had accepted that I was a problem, basically. And that there was all these broken parts of me that were a problem that I needed to fix. And she just saw me as Miles, someone that she had loved, someone that was nice to her, that was fun, that was interesting, that was joyful, that took people's feelings seriously, and, um, and that hadn't been a bad person, not in her experience or anything she'd seen. Um, Anyhow, I was just like, ah, she doesn't get it. She's not on this healing path. And uh, in retrospect now, I can say, oh, I think she got it. I think I didn't get it. I think, yeah, she wasn't on whatever healing path I was on. um, And so she could see things a little more clearly, maybe. Um, Because while I had being humbled by witnessing and being shown and acknowledging that there were places in me that could be mean, they could be callous, they could close down to others, they could be competitive, they could judge, they could evoke feelings of judgment and shame in others. Um, I was holding that in an unbalanced way. I was holding that with all of this shame and self-loathing. And I'd gone to this place with it of, oh my God, I'm bad. I need to fix myself because I'm bad. And until I fix myself, I'm going to be bad. (laughs) And so I was kind of just buying into this um, very simple notion, I guess, that one is either good or evil, that one is either um, broken or healed. Whereas it seems that the reality is much more gray, much more nuanced, and uh, things are never as simple as that. And, um, and essentially for the following eight years, I dove down this rabbit hole of working on myself, of healing and inner work and introspection and it was an incredibly in some ways an extraordinary beautiful sacred part of my life it's the part of my life that I um, draw this story out of for my book how to open the heart that basically chronicles this period plus a bit of other stuff on the front and back end of of that uh intense inner work period. But I don't regret having done all of that inner work. Um, But I recognize now 
that I'm on the other side of that phase of my life, that I was holding a belief during it that I probably wouldn't have acknowledged out loud, um, but I was believing that there was something really wrong with me. And until it was fixed, I shouldn't give myself certain things. I shouldn't give myself, certainly not romantic relationships, um, friendships, career, money, all of these things that are the basic building blocks of what makes a healthy and happy human. I was like, oh, I can't have these because I need to heal still. And somehow if I give myself those, it's going to get in the way of this, or I don't deserve it, or I, I would fuck it up if I had it. And just the idea that I could ever be at a point of completion on this journey, somehow at some point by diving down the rabbit hole of, of healing enough, I realized the absurdity of it. Not the absurdity of doing inner work or introspection or um, learning how to be more honest with myself and others, learning how to act with integrity. None of that was in vain. But the idea that I would ever finish it, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Not for me. <laughs> um, and or the idea that it would be desirable to finish it. Um, that it would be desirable to fix myself, whatever that means. As I was brainstorming for this, this episode, um, I was thinking, how did I, at one point did I realize that I wasn't a problem that could be fixed? And in my imagination, the image came of, of someone putting their hand on a stovetop and being burned by it. And then thinking to themselves, ah, oh, fuck, I'm thinking negatively, I got burned again. I gotta stop thinking those thoughts. And they put their hand on the stovetop again, and they get burned. And they think, fuck, I'm thinking negatively again. I got this burn. For fuck's sake, I gotta stop it. And then they put their hand on the stovetop again, and they get burned. And they think, mother fuck, I thought negative again. And eventually they start to realize, wait a minute, that time I wasn't thinking negative. Let me try this again. And they realize it's the stovetop that's hot, and it's not the negative thoughts um, that are causing the burn. And <laughs> I don't know if that's the right analogy, but uh, at some point I realize that it's that I'm a human, that I have all of this complexity in me, that I have these some, what sometimes feel like warring factions of my emotional body. I have the part of me that has the voice of the inner critic, and then I have the part of me that has the, the voice of, like, complete, unconditional love. I have that voice that critiques others, and then the, the voice that unconditionally loves others. And um, I guess at some point it became more and more clear over a period of time that, hey, this complexity of you is not a problem. It's not something to pathologize. It's fucking beautiful. And look around. Everybody else has this. Try to find the perfect person. Try to find the healed person. And when you find them, 
please look. And when you've looked, you will discover that that appearance of being healed was a veneer that falls apart upon closer examination. That's been my experience. And I don't say that to denigrate anybody uh, that isn't healed. Uh, I don't think that, that... I think that our humanness implies these depths. It implies just a variety of stuff going on inside of us. And the idea that we could or should arrive at a place of being healed seems a little naive and maybe undesirable. Um, I think about this as a writer, uh, and I think David Bowie put it into words really well. He was doing an interview and they were talking about therapy, and he said, oh, I, would, I never want to do therapy because I need to have issues. That's where my art comes from. I need to have things about me that are a bit off because that's where my creativity comes from. And um, I think that creativity can be enhanced by going to therapy, but I think the genius of what he was saying was it's the complexity we contain. It is these depths. It's our imperfection. It's the parts of us that are in conflict, that are finding balance, that are... Um, experiencing different extremes like that's what makes life so damn beautiful and um yeah it's not to romanticize suffering it's not to romanticize anguish or challenge it's to accept it and to love it and to embrace it as one of the most sacred elements of our journey here and by the way when i know that for me when I'm able to accept, let's say, the part, a part of me that feels like egoic or competitive, when I'm able to just accept that part and notice it when it's coming up and name it and be like, ah, oh, I was being, I'm being an asshole right now. All of a sudden, that part of me, I'm not shoving it into a box and I'm not giving it extra energy. Um, but by being comfortable acknowledging it and accepting it as a part of me, I can um, be a safer person to be around. I can be a funner, kinder, lighter, more generous and gentle person to be around without disowning or suppressing some aspect of my character. And that part of me is probably more likely to evolve the part that's egoic and competitive and rigid and judgmental and prideful. I've been paying attention to this part recently. Um, that part of me is more likely to evolve if I accept it and, yeah, don't pathologize it overly. And at the same time, like accept it and try to do something that is beautiful and positive and i'm sounding like a self-help person all of a sudden again <laughs> um and i guess that's why at the outset of this this uh this podcast i said today we're going to be talking about self-help as self-hate then 
turning the self-hate back into self-help and so forth because i i mean i do think there's something beautiful about the this impulse within us to grow we're always growing we're always learning about ourselves about the world about others and so a part of that is learning how we can be in the world in the best way possible i think for me during that big long season in hell where i kind of over overzealously tore myself apart um a i'm glad i did it i think that it was one of the most wonderful experiences of my life i wouldn't recommend other people do it and that's why when i decided to write a book after having come through that experience i wrote a story instead of a how-to guide or a self-help book because i was like um firstly i think i'm probably better at writing stories now that i've done it it's a more gratifying form for me and i knew that the path i had taken was an absurd path to recommend to anybody however there were certain things in that story that were really profound and beautiful that felt awesome and exciting and wonderful to share so yeah i went down that rabbit hole seriously of um self-loathing intertwined with self-help one of my closest friends who i wasn't very close with over those years uh when i was really diving deep into that uh that inner work which at times was intertwined with my self-loathing um we've become much closer over the past few years and whenever we talk about this period she'll often say miles over those years whenever i would see you or talk to you it felt like your light had gone out like you were a flower that had withered and you were just living in a desert and it hurt to see you because you just lost your spark and and she didn't know if i would ever get it back i have got it back <laughs> um i don't know if it ever fully went away but i i went really far down a rabbit hole of like deconstructing my ego and stuff and and eventually i had faith that it would you know lead me somewhere good and it did like i'm happy like i'm very happy in my life right now um and i credit that in in part to that period of intense excavation so even self help that is um curiously poisoned by self loathing can lead someone into seeing hey wait a minute i'm i'm hating myself this isn't what it was about i thought i was supposed to try to learn how to love myself and i've been like castigating and hating myself all this time and then lifting the the veil off of that and um yeah it's it can all be part of this beautiful process i'm very glad right now that when someone asks me how i'm doing i don't respond to them by saying oh man I've got so many things about me that I need to fix and until I fix them oh man oh man <laughs> and 
hey, I had come across people. One of the reasons I wanted to make this was because that is um, something I hear from acquaintances and friends um, occasionally, not every day, thankfully, but it is something that I hear really, and it's usually really wonderful people who say that about themselves um, because they have a heightened sense of integrity or a heightened sense of accountability. They'll be more likely to reflect and to be humbled by the, uh, the experiences they have in life and to come out and say, oh man, I'm such a fuck up. I need to atone for this. And there's something beautiful about that desire to, to better ourselves. And if we can hold it with self-acceptance, if we can hold it with the realization that our process is wonderful and sacred and we don't need to reject ourselves until we become perfect. Indeed, the greatest gift we can give ourselves is to accept ourselves and love ourselves for who we are as we are in this moment. Not for who we will be, not for who we could be, but for who we are and who we've always been. That is the shit. And that, there's an energy that comes with that that makes us more capable of, of marching through this very challenging world, these very challenging lives with um, a greater strength and a greater capability to, um, to help ourselves and to help others. Um, I think that's all for today. Uh, those are just some thoughts on the glorious, circuitous path of self-help and self-hate and self-acceptance. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. I have been gone for the past month and a half from this podcast, and I will be posting um, episodes weekly again now. I was working on the audiobook version of How to Open the Heart and uh, finally got it finished. It should be available soon. And when it is, I will be promoting the hell out of it so you'll hear about it here. Or if you follow me on social media or anything like that, you hear about it there. Thank you so much for listening. I uh, hope you're having a wonderful new year. And until next time, take care.